let us continue to listen for the word of God. This from the Gospel of John in the 17th chapter. Jesus is praying. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me. And they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them. And they have received them and know in truth that I came from you. They have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy One, protect them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost except the one destined to be lost so that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world, so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, so that they also may be sanctified in truth. Here ends the word of Scripture. When I was a Catholic child, we celebrated this coming Thursday as a holy day of obligation, Ascension Thursday, which meant we had to go to Mass, but not to school. <laughs> For Presbyterians, this is the last Sunday of Eastertide. We read Bible texts that refer to the ascension of Jesus into heaven, leaving the disciples to be spirit-led and sometimes to feel all alone. For us this morning, 
the ascension takes place off stage, just before Peter gives his speech and Matthias is chosen by lot. The disciples have retreated from Galilee, stopped looking up to the sky toward, forgive me, the disappearing feet of Jesus, back to Jerusalem to figure out what comes next. How will they be in the world now that Jesus' body is truly gone? They first decide that there must be 12 apostles to tell the story of the resurrection of Jesus. Judas, you remember, is also gone, completely gone, having betrayed Jesus to the Roman soldiers. Jesus had chosen 12 disciples among all his followers to be specially taught and nurtured as the core of his movement. Tradition taught that the Israel taught the Israelites that Jacob, their patriarch, had 12 sons, each of whom ended up heading a tribe of the nation. After the glory days of King David, most of those tribes were scattered to the four winds, but the Psalms sung at home and in temples praised God for a future time when all 12 tribes would once again be gathered. Even to this day, you will hear it stated next year in Jerusalem. So it makes sense that Peter would rally his band to choose a 12th disciple to complete the symbolic leadership team. Then they will be ready to await the coming of the Spirit. Our second text this morning from John 17 is very apt. As the apostles and the other disciples continue to meet and pray together, break bread and sing hymns, they would also have tried to remember everything they could about Jesus and the words he spoke to them, the prayers he prayed on their behalf. Jesus had prayed this prayer during their last supper shared together, that the disciples might be unified and that they would be in the world, but remember that they did not belong to the world. Indeed, this passage might serve as an example of the importance of prepositions all those twos and ofs and ins, this gets rather mystifying. Such a passage can convince some Christians that we are not to have anything to do with the grubby world of politics and business and community organizations. The world can seem to some an alien place. But I'm thinking Jesus was praying for the attitudes that rule our hearts more than the particular shape our ministry might take. Jesus is praying that we keep our priorities straight. 
Recently, I watched a documentary about Bobby Kennedy's run for the presidency in 1968. Some of you were alive at that time. It took me back. I had my first post-college job in 1968, working for the Presbyterian Board of National Missions in an office on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. I typed and filed. It took a BA in English to do that. <laughs> Literally making carbon copies using my IBM Selectric, white ones and yellow ones and cherry ones, which the big boss read. <laughs> but the ministers for whom I did these humble tasks, they were disciples of Jesus, very much in the world organizing new churches, organizing poor people who lived in the South and in the Northern Ghetto, pressuring the government to build more housing for the poor, lobbying the government for money to feed the hungry, advocating for civil rights for minority caucuses, black, brown, Native American, women, paving the way for the gay rights movement shortly to arrive. I could not believe that church could be so very much in the world. I went to college at Manhattanville College of the Sacred Heart. Just to be in their midst as I created file folders gave purpose to my days. I was not a churchgoer then. I was 22 and feeling rebellious, but my heart was won by those Presbyterians who understood Jesus to be calling them to ministry in the world. In April 1968, Martin Luther King Jr. was shot. The office went into mourning but their energy was challenged to continue his good work. Then in June, Bobby Kennedy was shot. It felt like the spirit had left the world. Many in the faith community were convinced that had Bobby Kennedy been elected president in 1968, the United States could have been healed the factions that divided the nation so completely at that time. Factions that continue to separate us into warring camps to this day. Jesus still prays for us to be one, united in ministry with all the Christians of every stripe around this planet. Sometimes we feel as though we are working at cross purposes. Yet if we are well and truly following Jesus, we will be led to a common center over time. Love and compassion will lead us when we let go of ego and self-righteousness. Jesus is still praying that we remember that we are in the world, but not of it. 
As I look back on 1968, I sometimes wonder if my good friends, those ministers, sometimes lost sight of that distinction, sometimes thought they had the power in their own hands to bring in the kingdom of God, rather than relying on the Spirit to lead. The culture of power in America can be as seductive as any devil written about in literature. Ego and self-righteousness are no prettier in a crusading minister than they are in the mirrored reflection of the wicked witch. And it is very hard to see the water we swim in. The gift of our present administration is its clarity of ego and self-righteousness, which all too often America exhibits in this world. Asserting our entitled position based on the size of our economy and our military might. Jesus still prays for us to find the path to compassion for all God's children, every one of them, in every country under heaven. And so we develop our ministries, we pray, and some of us will organize, and some of the companies we support will advocate, and others of us will engage in writing campaigns and ministries of compassion among the poor. Each of us is called to attend to how we are called to be in the world, remembering that the Holy Spirit blows where it will. Sometimes we will lose our way when our desired result takes the place of the will of God. God's love, however, is steadfast and will accompany us and gently or sometimes more aggressively push and nudge and prod us back on course. Compassion is the key. Love of neighbor is the path. As we are in the world, but not captivated by the ego gratifications of the world, which are but passing fancies. Amen. <laughs>